Welcome to the Weekly Insight Podcast, where we break down the noise of the week and help you understand the psychology of the markets with your host, Andrew Dore at Insight Wealth Group. Good morning. Welcome to the latest edition of the Weekly Insight Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Andrew Dorr. I want to thank you for joining us today. We're going to have an interesting conversation about a lot of stuff that's been chewing up time on the financial news over the last week or so, specifically talking about the yield curve. But before we get to that, the usual thing we have to do every week, I want to give a shout out to my compliance department and remind everyone that what you're about to hear today should not be construed as individual investment advice. What we're talking about here are some of the big themes that are moving the market, some of the things we're paying attention to in portfolio management. As it relates to you and your portfolio, I would encourage you to talk directly to your financial advisor about how you might be able to use some of this information. So with that, let's dive into this week. As I mentioned, there is a lot of talk on the financial news, even outside of the financial news. I was in my car listening to NPR, and they were talking about yield curves. And anytime we start hearing people talk about yield curves in the normal news, maybe it's something we need to be paying attention to, but also maybe it's something that's getting a little bit overwrought. I saw, I want to start this week, I saw a great tweet by a gentleman by the name of Morgan Housel. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's a really excellent author. He wrote a book called The Psychology of Money, which I would recommend to folks. He tweeted on April Fool's Day, which was appropriate, we're definitely heading towards a recession. The only thing that is uncertain is the timing, location, duration, magnitude, and policy response. And you know, I've complained a lot on this podcast in our weekly memos about the same point that Mr. Hausler, that I think Mr. Hausler is making here. There are a lot of quote-unquote gurus in the financial industry who make a ton of money going on TV, going on the radio, producing podcasts, writing books, talking about how the world is ending. The best part is one day they're going to be right. And 20 years from now or 25 years from now or five years from now, whenever that is, we're going to have to spend the next 20 years hearing about how that was the gentleman who predicted the great crash of 2037. But no one's going to talk about how they were wrong for 20 years first. And so it's a very safe bet to call the end of the world. And, you know, we've been seeing a lot of it this year. It's been a busy year for these financial gurus. I don't know if you remember, but one of our first podcasts here was back on January 24th of 2022, the market had started to turn south. And Jeremy Grantham, who was a well-known doomsdayer, but also very successful hedge fund manager, jumped on TV and started predicting a 50% correction in the stock market. That freaked the world out for a whole week. Well, what's happened since then? Yeah, the market corrected, no doubt, but now it's up 2.5% from the day that we sent that memo. Not exactly end times. So what's the latest? The latest is, dum-dum-dum, the inverted yield curve. That has to be a recession, right? It has to mean a recession. It sounds scary. I'll say this first. Yes, unequivocally, a recession is coming. Why can I say that? Because a recession is always coming. If you were born 70 years ago, so if you were born in 1952, you have now lived through 11 recessions. That is one on average every 6.4 years. So a recession's always coming. But this idea of the yield curve, man, it makes for a great soundbite and it sounds scary, but it is really important to separate fact and fiction. 
Before we dive into whether or not the yield curve is currently inverting or whether or not the yield curve is currently pointing us towards a recession, first we have to understand what the yield curve is because most people don't know. The yield curve, simply put, is the spread between two issuances of treasury bonds. So for example, you have the 30-year T-bond that's trading at a yield today of 2.44%. And you have the one-year T-bill, which is trading at a yield of 1.63%. So that is a spread of 0.81%, positive 0.81%. If that spread is positive, the curve is not inverted. It is a normal curve. If that number were to be negative, the yield curve is inverted. So first of all, why would a yield curve invert? You know, Why would longer-term bonds have a lower yield than shorter-term bonds. Pretty simply, that happens when investors become skittish about the longer-term prospects for the economy, and it also happens at times when shorter-term rates are being driven higher. Sound familiar? We've been talking about the Fed for the last few weeks in this podcast. The Fed is certainly driving rates higher and is intending to continue to drive rates higher. So when those two things are happening, short-term rates are rising and long-term rates are falling because people have less confidence in the long-term outcome for the economy, you can see those curves cross. Then we get to the interesting part, the fun part, because you know the gurus, these financial gurus, would tell you, historically, an inversion of the yield curve is an indication of an upcoming recession. Okay, I'll give them that. But which yield curve? Is it the 30 minus the one year? Is it the 20 minus the two year? Is it the 10 minus the five? Is it, is it the 10 minus the six month? Because here's the thing, there are 11 key treasury issuances ranging from one month T-bills to 30 year T-bonds. That means there are a total of 55 different combinations of yield curves. Which one is the one that's indicative of what's happening? So this week, we got a lot of talk about the inversion of the 10 year, two year yield curve. So 10-year treasury bonds minus two-year treasury bonds. That yield curve inverted for a very brief period of time. And it did. It inverted. But is that predictive of a recession? How predictive is it? So we went back and we pulled this data. And, and these charts, again, like normal, are on our website, www.insightwealthgroup.com. You can see them in our weekly Insight Memo for this week. But we went back and looked at the curve between the 10-year and the 2-year and looked at how predictive that was of recessions. So since 1990, that curve has inverted seven times. There have been four recessions, one and, and seven, excuse me, seven including uh, the one we just had this week. One of those recessions was the COVID recession. And yes, the yield curve inverted about a year before that happened. To say that what happened with the COVID recession was predicted by the yield curve a year before is not true. It's just impossibly not true. So really, the 10-year, two-year was right three out of seven times. So it batted a little bit below 500. Not bad. Something worth paying attention to. But to say that it is an absolute certainty that after the 10-year and the two-year inverts, we're going to have a recession? No, it's not. Now, there is another curve, and in our opinion, and the opinion of most serious analysts, not the ones who are trying to get their mug on CNBC, the much more predictive yield curve is the 10-year minus the three-month T-bill. 
10-year treasury bonds minus the three-month T-bill. Since 1990, that's happened four times. We've had four recessions. Again, I'll take the COVID one out of the mix, and I'll say that they went three for four, but really, it inverted immediately before the COVID correction happened or the COVID recession happened on the news of what was happening with COVID. So the 10-year three-month, that's a 1,000. It is an incredibly predictive yield curve for what is going to happen. Where's the 10-year three-month today? As of close of business Friday, 10-year treasury bonds were trading at 2.32%. The three-month T-bill was trading at 0.52%. That is 180 basis points of wiggle room between an inversion. We are a long way away from the 10-year three-month inverting. And I would tell you that means we've got some wiggle room. We've got some time before we're going to have a recession. So are we going to have a recession? We're always going to have a recession. But maybe, just maybe, listening to the financial gurus and losing sleep over this, we're not there yet. We are not at a panic point. Take that one. Put it in your back pocket and just remember that we don't need to be freaked out about that. We talked last week about upcoming economic data. I want to go through a little bit of that because we talked both about payroll data, the employment data. We also talked about manufacturing PMI. And as, as you'll recall, we had a really good month in February for payroll data. We knew it wasn't going to be that great because that was a tremendous month, but we had another very solid month. The economy added four, added 431,000 jobs in March. That's healthy by any standard. More importantly, the unemployment rate fell from 3.8 to 3.6. You know, we are definitely at full employment right now. It is something to pay attention to. Our wages going to continue to rise rapidly as employers are chasing down those very hard-to-find employees. Wages rose a little bit last month. They froze in February, which was good news. But that's going to be a dynamic that's important to pay attention to as we're trying to divine what the Fed's going to do with interest rates. Manufacturing PMI data came out. You will recall me saying that anything anything over 50 is a positive. February number was huge at 58.6. We just didn't want to see that number fall back to like 50 or 51 or 52. It fell back to 57.1. Again, by any standard, a great number. So the economic data we're seeing right now, especially when you consider that Q1 was Omicron quarter, economic data looks pretty good. Last piece I just want to go through because we do, inflation is the story. And the inflation story is going to be with us for a while. You've heard me talk a lot about kind of the natural progression of inflation versus the forced trimming of inflation through rising of interest rates by the Fed. That is going to be the big story throughout the rest of this year. The inflation thing is not going to go away immediately. It's going to take time. But there are natural forces at work here that I think are showing and proving to be beneficial. So we're going to continue to kind of throw out data points that we see that we think are really interesting as it relates to inflation. And I'll point out the ones that benefit my interest in terms of where we think the story is going. But when we're proving to be wrong, I'll certainly point those issues out as well. But this one, I, I just wanted to dive into a little bit because we have talked in the past about the fact that what we're seeing at the ports has been improving. And that is continuing to be true. So again, there's a great chart in the memo this week talking about the number of vessels sitting inside or outside of LA ports right now and what's happening 
to the number of boats that are just sitting there idle waiting to get into berth. That number has fallen dramatically really in the last three months, but still too high. It's higher than we would normally expect it to be, but probably trimmed off half the excess waiting time so far, which is fantastic. But the other one that I saw this week, we had a great meeting with our friends Tiber Cosmol and Associates who help us on our investment committee. These guys are fantastic. And they pointed out something to me that I hadn't paid attention to before, and it's something called the CAS Freight Index. And with the CAS Freight Index, is it is an index that measures the cost of shipping goods. Pretty important in the conversation of inflation, right? Well, it turns out that the CAS Freight Index since 1990 has been incredibly predictive of what is going to happen with inflation. Incredibly predictive. So what's it doing right now? Since the beginning of this year, it has collapsed. The CAS Freight Index is actually just slightly above 0% growth year over year right now. It, it actually went negative about a month ago. And that's happening at a time when we know that oil prices have increased dramatically because of what's happening in Ukraine. So if the cost of shipping goods is going down when the cost for fuel is going up, that tells you something is happening. What we know is the CAS freight index has typically led CPI by about six months. So it started falling three months ago, call it. Where are we at? When are we going to start to see CPI fall? I don't want to say it's three months from now, but I think we're getting closer and closer and closer to starting to see some positive movement as it relates to CPI. And the quicker that happens, the quicker the Fed is going to begin to draw back their expectations for what they're going to do on interest rates. So all of this fits together. All of this is very important. So keep an eye on that. We will keep you updated on it. I can promise you the CAS Freight Index has been added to my weekly watch list, and we will be talking about it more as uh, as the year progresses. With that, we're going to leave it there for this week. Just remember, the world's not ending. The yield curve conversation is not nearly as scary as the media would lead you to believe, probably because most of those in the media don't totally understand it either. But as always, if you have additional questions about this information or would like to learn more about how it might impact your portfolio, please don't hesitate to give us a call. You can reach us at the office at 515-273-1333, or you can always visit us on the web at www.insightwealthgroup.com. Thank you so much for your time today. I enjoyed being with you. Look forward to touching base with you again next week. In the meantime, I hope you have a fantastic week. Take care. Securities offered through RTA Wealth Management, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, NFA. Investment advisory services offered through RTA Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment firm.